Hello, everybody, and welcome to our latest episode of The Rob and Callie Show. I'm Callie Alpert, and I am happy to be here with my brother from another mother, Rob K. What's up, y'all? What's doing, Rob? This is The Rob and Callie Show. This, this is The, the Rob, Rob and Callie, Callie Show. We're working on our theme song. Yeah, it's still a work in progress, <laughs> as you can tell. We have enlisted the skills of many famous composers who've not gotten back to us yet, so we're still working on it. But we will have a theme song or something to open the show soon. Yes, and it will reflect the ingenuity of the title of our show as well. <laughs> Little deserve to know. It took us weeks to come up it with really that. It really did. We went through so many circles of trying to be clever and podcast friendly and come up with the topic, because who the hell cares who Rob and Callie are, but here we are, and we will be doing the same thing with our theme song, and we look forward to that. So as a lot of you know, this whole show is really based on our dynamic of our 12, 13-year friendship and our Sunday morning therapy phone sessions where we just sort of shoot the shit and talk about life and meaningful topics that at least we like to think are meaningful, meaningful to us. And so we don't plan what we're going to be talking about. And, and that's so- the most amazing thing about this <laughs> show is it's completely <laughs> unplanned. Somehow I like to play that up. I, I find that sort of fun. Maybe I'm over um, overselling that, but I'm proud we of that. We have a computer, we press record, and that's it. <laughs> Anything could happen. <laughs> Maybe as someone who's been working as a television producer for a really long time where everything's planned and strategized, it's yeah. really fun and relaxing to just kind of be impromptu with you. Yeah. So I have a few topics to throw out to you. Are you game for this? And we'll see just things that have been on my mind. Let's do it. You want to do that? All right. So you can have a multiple choice. We have a multiple choice. Um, These are just things I've been thinking about recently. Been thinking about the idea of intimacy and all the different um, ways that that word plays out and sort of and my personal addiction to intimacy. Hmm. Um, Been thinking a lot about the law of attraction and trying to switch up a trajectory that has not been going in a direction that. I'd like as much as it can, um, and just the power that we have to co-create and to make our lives and paint our own sort of life painting uh, much more, just that it's much more within our control than people think. Right. I hope that doesn't sound all too poetic and airy-fairy. It does, but that's fine. Okay, good. And because I was just tempted <laughs> to stop and like redo the whole show. I just had that moment where I'm like, I do want to just push the stop button and do this all again. No, but we funny. won't. And then the other has to do with surrender and just the idea that when you spend so much time chasing people, situations, jobs, that sometimes all it takes is that moment where you just stop, decide to completely surrender, turn the little life raft around and float downstream. Yeah. Those are my three that are on my mind today. Does anything resonate? All good topics. I like surrender. Okay. Let's talk about surrender. I always think, uh, someone once said to me, surrender to win. So it's like, that's the answer. You know, whatever I'm going through, if I'm going through a struggle, it's, uh, it's about my resistance, you know, and the pain is in the resistance, you know? So it's about me surrendering and then I can start winning. Yeah. <laughs> Are we winning? Yeah. I, it's, it's such a vast topic. Now I have to think of something genius to say. It's, um, I think the reason that for me it's come up so much is that in this last year, um, since the job that I had got dissolved and I got laid off, and I'm uh, coming up on my year anniversary of that, I've been thinking about just all the different shifts and twists and turns that I've gone through, and I'm trying to just package it into something that's productive. 
um, and helpful for me and maybe for other people, if anybody, you know, if, I, if it can be of service to anyone else. And so I did have, after, I would say 10 months of really pursuing the traditional career path that I've been on for many, many years, doing all the right things, pursuing all the right people, meeting with fancy executives, job hunting, like all the cliche traditional things that the skies did not open up the way that you would think that it should have quote unquote on paper. And I don't like the word should, but just for the sake of conversation. And I got to a place where I would literally sit at my computer with my chest very tight, feeling very anxious and feeling like, oh shit, I've got to come up with yet one more thing to do today that's productive, that make, takes a step in a direction that feels like it's the right direction. Again, I'm using my quote fingers as I say that. And I realized I was running out of ideas and that rationally things should not have been so hard for as long as they've been over the last, like I said, close to a year and that many things should have played out and that maybe there was a much bigger plan for me and that I would really have to put all of my supposed spiritual beliefs into true practice instead of just talking the talk. Now I have to walk the walk and really trust that there's a transition going on here that I have to be in flow with. And so that was a moment where I said, I'm going to stop trying so hard. I can't keep chasing people. I can't keep chasing jobs. I can't keep chasing situations. I'm going to just try to be still in a really committed way in a really as fearless place as I can possibly be and just see what, what, what shows up. And since I've done that, a lot has shown up, but it took me a while to get there. You know, it's like, do you know it? I mean, you know it intellectually what surrender is, but do you do it every day? You know, it's hard. It's a hard space to get into. Mm. You know, have I silenced you? Or are you just being polite? No, I was so <laughs> You're just just blown it. away by all these <laughs> profound ideas. I didn't know how to respond. So profound. Well, I think, I think that um, as much as I appreciate, <clears throat> excuse me, as much as I appreciate the law of attraction, I appreciate the law of allowance mm. and just sort of allowing things. And a lot of times when I'm trying really hard to figure something out, like I call myself, you've heard of a recovering alcoholic. I've heard, you know, people call themselves that I call myself a recovering figure outer. <laughs> like I'm just always yeah. trying to figure it out. I'm just yeah. going to use my mind to figure it out. And sometimes there's no way I'm going to figure it out and I don't have to figure it out. It's sort of like me feeling like I have to find a solution and if I don't, then I'm going to be completely lost. And sometimes the answer is just to be lost. Sometimes the answer is to surrender and be like, I don't know. I know I'm in a really good place sometimes, maybe a scary place or uncomfortable, but I know I'm in a really good place sometimes when I just say, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Yeah. And, um, the other thing is I was talking to, who was I talking to? I think it was a security guard by my building. I was talking to him about something and, um, we were talking about prayer and I said to him that one of my favorite prayers is help. Mm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Little SOS flare up to the cosmos. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I surrender. I'm open to guidance. Show me the way. And that's it. And then, you know, go out and try and have some fun or do something to get my mind off of whatever I'm obsessing about, which I don't have to figure out. You know? Right. In that moment, you don't have to figure it out. It's okay not to know. And it's such a, we've talked about this a little bit, so I don't want to belabor it, but the idea of being able to sit in discomfort and groundlessness and not knowingness 
is a really challenging thing, especially in our society where we want to have control. We want to know where we're going. We want to know what our life looks like in two weeks or two years or two months or whatever it is. Mm. And, um, it's a huge exercise and practice to let go of all that and just sort of be, especially when you have to worry about paying mortgages and raising children and feeding people and taking care of aging parents or, you know, just all the conventional constructs. Mm. Surrender is not probably it's not one of those words that like is on the top 10 of people's you know mantras for their for their daily life right yeah and it's like it's you underrated know, word yeah and it's also it's um did i cut you off were you gonna say that Mm-mm. so no it's kind of like um the kind of thing where people are like oh law of attraction like if you just think about what you want you're gonna get it you know like if you want a new is that car your law of attraction voice yeah well people that criticize it <laughs> oh if you think about a new car you're just gonna get it you don't have to do anything that's not fucking what we're saying you know it's like i still have to take actions i still right. got to take care of myself i still have to be a responsible adult it just said along the way I can alleviate some of the pain, you know, and be like, all right, I don't have to fight whatever's going on. I can just sort of allow it, try and accept it and just be where I'm at. And that's all right. You know, I can surrender to it and not feel like I have to control it. One of the things that I didn't realize that I have a challenge with is sort of just hypervigilance, you know, and it's just things I've been through in my life, you know, traumas and difficulties and real tough things where there's a part of me that's really hypervigilant, like a Vietnam veteran or like any veteran, you know, where I feel like I just got to kind of look out sometimes for myself or not something bad's going to happen consciously. I don't think that, but there's an insecurity that's always there. And I'm always like, relax. Like you don't have to worry. You don't have to control, you know, you can just, you know, I have this thing. I think I may have said it before uh, in the show, but I have this thing when I enter a new situation, whatever it is, I have an affirmation. This may, wait, the affirmation is, this may not suck. <laughs> that's you know? sort of love. That's going to confuse that um, universal energy though. Yeah. Well, but it's, but, but it's see, still good. that's the most surrender maybe I can do is, yeah, this may not suck, you know? And then I get to, this may be great. You know, I may have fun. This may be a great party or maybe a great date or maybe, you know, a good event I'm going to or whatever it is. Even doing the show today, this may be great, you know? Or it may suck. <laughs> Which, as people are seeing, it usually does. They're like, when does this show get good? Can you, can you let me know the, the amount of episodes it'll take until it gets good? And I'll exactly. check back with you right, guys. Exactly. Just hang in with us for the first 10, everyone. It's only going to take probably two years. So around then, we'll be really going great. And then you'll want to listen. But no, so it's kind of like as much surrender as I can do, you know? It's really, I remember years ago, I never, I keep going back now to this topic of control. I never thought I was a control freak. I've realized where I am on in certain ways professionally, but mostly with myself is where I put the most pressure. And I didn't even know that until a few years ago when my therapist pointed out to me how difficult, how hard I am on myself. And I, I really had no awareness. So when you speak about hypervigilance, I guess we all have our own versions of that. And, and going back to this whole, like this topic, you know, it's, it's the perpetual need to feel like I'm being productive, creative, meaningful, substantive, but also just like creating a life for myself. And it's not that I can't sit back and I'm really good at channeling my inner fantasy Trestafarian that just wants to dance in the daisy fields and take days off and travel or 
take a hike or read a book in the woods or, you know, hang out with friends and take a day off. I'm, you know, I, I really do make a point of prioritizing that. But on the days when I don't allow that, which is more often than not, it's a really hard thing to catch yourself and just let go and feel like there's nothing more you can do. And I really don't have as much control over the situation as I would have liked. And maybe there's actually something a little relaxing about putting it on. I'm pointing up. I'm pointing up on somebody else for the day. You know what? Higher power. Maybe you're responsible for this today because I can't take any more responsibility for it. I don't know if that's a cop out. Some people would say that's like spiritualizing away your problems. And so, you know, you know what if it is? Yeah. Tough, tough shit, right? It's like if that's what works for you to where you don't feel a huge amount of pressure or anxiety where you can't function, great, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. The law of attraction something that I've been spending more... I've been carrying around my Jerry and Esther, Esther Hicks books with me lately um, because I do think that it's very important to control our thoughts. Yeah. I think that thoughts absolutely create there's plenty of scientific proof of that that's not some airy fairy notion and i think it's really important one of the things where i've been disappointing myself though is that i have um plenty of times where i don't like my thinking where i feel like my inner dialogue is much more negative than it is positive and sometimes the more you get into that habit the more you perpetuate it or you're having you're going through a difficult time circumstances are challenged and it gets harder and harder to turn that little titanic around and get into a place of positivity because it sounds like annoyingly pollyanna-esque oh just think positively yeah and this the trick or the secret as we know you know as it's known also is really to get into the vibration of whatever you see for yourself, the emotion of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all know like when you're feeling good, when you're doing what makes you happy, whether it's a hobby, you're engaged with somebody, you're having a great conversation, you're traveling, whatever it is that really brings out the best in you. Mm -hmm. It constantly perpetuates itself. Right. I have crazy examples of that being out on the road, traveling, which is one of my passions in life. The most unprecedented serendipities, which to me is always a wink or a message that everything is exactly where it should be. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's plenty of times where that doesn't happen, right? So, like, what do you do? Because I have a hard time getting into the vibration of what I see for my future. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Or don't, you know, can you? Are you able to do that pretty easily? Yeah, I mean, I usually have a desire I'm focusing on or something I want to manifest or create or experience. So I guess I'm fortunate that way where, yeah, I'm usually like focused on the next thing that I want to experience. Um, and there have been times where it's been a little messy or murky and I couldn't really get clarity on what it was. And that's where meditation comes in great morning pages from the artist's way, stuff like that, journaling in general, you know, just prayer, just sort of, you know, taking a walk in nature and, you know, seeing what I come up with. It's amazing how People get great thoughts when they're taking a shit sometimes or they're in the shower or something like that. <laughs> Driving, it's usually like when we're distracted a little or doing something else that we come up with these huge epiphanies. Um, Everyone's got their moments of zen, whether it's on the can or in the woods or right. wherever the hell it is. That's right. I think, though, that um, as far as, like, my challenge usually, to go back to what you were saying about being hard on yourself, because I can be really hard on myself as well. And that's something I'm, I'm, I've gotten a lot better at that sort of self-care, that inner dialogue, what's going on? What am I telling myself? 
And um, the thing is, when I get in a bad mood, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Mm. That's usually what my old belief is. Mm -hmm. I'm fucking up. I'm doing something wrong. I'm not doing this right. I'm not doing life right. And sometimes I'm not in a great mood. And so to go back to surrender, I surrender to that quicker than I used to. I'm like, all right, I'm in a bad mood. Now, what can I do? And, you know, let me go get a bite or let me take a nap or let me call a friend or let me go to the movies or whatever it is, you know, and just sort of surrender to that's where I'm at. And I think that's the beginning of the law of attraction into a better mood is not resisting and fighting that I'm in a bad mood, you know? Right. And sometimes I find that even the most simple, like you said, the, the examples of just doing things that make you happy, but when you're in a place of deprivation or worry or fear about money or work or jobs or life or a relationship that needs sorting out, whatever it is, at least I know for me, it gets easier for me to, um, hibernate or to kind of isolate myself away and try harder to put more pressure on myself on that particular day. I've got to sort this out. I got to come up with one new channel, one new um, opportunity, one more something that kind of opens it up. And the truth is, is that that just, it's so counterproductive because that just creates a density around it that slows down the whole process. And that just to leave the house and go for a walk, smile at a stranger, hug a tree, just get your, and literally leave your space yeah. sometimes can be enough. The most magical things can happen. You know? Have you been spotted hugging trees again? <laughs> I've been. <laughs> I thought the police got Didn't involved last time, and you were like, "This is the last time I will hug a tree." Is that your attachment to intimacy with trees? <laughs> oh, that's right. That was the other topic. You're like, addiction. To I intimacy. can't walk past a tree without hugging it. <laughs> I remember the first time. I've actually, um, I've, I've probably hugged a few trees. I don't literally hug them, but I pay a lot of attention to them. Yeah. I spend a lot of time around them. I touch them. I smell them. I don't know that I do the full wrap around those. Right. So there's a little bit of a, you know, mommy, <laughs> why is that woman wrapped around a tree? I do like trees. I'm a, I am a trees fan of trees. Great. Nature's great. It's all good. Yeah. Um, that's so funny though. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I totally forgot my thought. I know. So I totally got, forgot too. I was, there's something else. That it was say about, so fucking I know, amazing. I know, Everyone would have been like, holy shit. That's like the most incredible thing. I know. It's like a senior moment we're having collectively. Um, um there was something I was going to say about uh, another thing about surrender and leaving. Uh, oh, Pema Chodron, who I, now if we talked about her in an earlier episode, I'm sorry for the repeat, but to me, she is one of, she's an American Buddhist monk, a very spectacular um, woman, teacher, student of um, Buddhism, longtime student of Buddhism, who has an amazing story. And she writes to me some of the most beautiful transformational self-help spiritual whatever category of books we want to call them mm. when things fall apart is the first one that i read from yeah. her and it has to do with absolute groundlessness and being okay and sitting in that and we have talked about that a little on the way but also surrendering to it and like you just said okay big wow i'm angry let me be angry today rather than putting the pressure which i do the same thing too um What's wrong? You know, what am I doing? How much more responsibility can I take? How can I own this? And then I create a whole project out of trying to evolve out of a negative emotion instead of just giving myself permission to feel like shit for five minutes. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. a lot of pressure to put on our souls, right? Instead well, of just being with it. And again, going back to the surrender of letting go of whatever that moment is and just surrendering into it. Yeah. It dissipates faster. Yeah. 
And also, you know, I remember you told me about her when we first met, like, I don't know, years ago. And I remember that book and just the idea that I can allow things to fall apart, allow things to fall apart rather than try and hold them together. And what a concept that was. And allow myself to be messy. You know, we're taught from the time we're kids, you know, not to make a mess, don't make a scene, don't show people your ugliness. And that's one of the things I really appreciate about the brothers and sisters I have in my life. My friends, they love me at my worst. When I'm the ugliest, messiest, whatever it is, they don't run for the hills. They run to me. And that's what I appreciate mm, about them. Yeah. And I'm the same kind of friend. You are. So it's like, thanks. So it's like... <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. So it's like, um, I think it's important to learn that lesson that... We can allow things to be messy or not tidy or not put in their place, and things will still work out fine. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, 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 yeah. Ladies first. Um, I, along the, the same lines, I've been thinking lately just about, again, the power of, to your point about messiness and sort of, as I call it, coloring outside the lines, even with our emotional stuff, is that... Um, I'm on a new crusade to become even more vulnerable and more transparent than I've been. Now, those words are not foreign words to me. I've kind of always been that way on some level. But I think the older I get, um, ideally the wiser, but I'm still working on that. Who knows? And, um, you know, just moving forward that I think being okay with embracing the mess is really important. And I think it's a beautiful example to show to, you know, for, I don't know, parents, have, I don't have children, so I can't speak to that. But um, even as an example to people that I men mentor or employees that I've had that are younger or friends or family members, just to embrace that sense of um, messiness or sloppiness, for lack of a better word, and the need to surrender is, I think, really, really important. I just, I have less of a need to posture and brand and position and, you know, choreograph than I ever have. Mm -hmm. I was never a big believer in it, but I'm progressively less of a believer in that because yeah. we spend so much energy trying to present ourselves in a certain way and choreograph our, you know, the way we look and the way we come across either personally, professionally dating, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And to me, that's just an extra project to take on. That's really unnecessary. Yeah. And where, how different would it be if we didn't bother to do that? If we just removed one little filter, you know, I like, I, I, to me, the idea sort of fascinates me. I, and I just want to start out by saying, I don't think that we should all walk around telling each other our worst secrets all the time. Right. Of course you need, but no, and filters, I, yeah. I wasn't, I, that wasn't because of what you just said. I'm just saying in general, I'm saying there's a time and a place, but I really appreciate it when people are vulnerable and I really appreciate it when people are real. If I go to a party and I meet somebody and I'm talking to them and I can just tell that they have a facade on, they're trying to act like they know everything or everything's fine all the time. And maybe it is, you know, maybe that's where they're at, but I'm talking about a person like who's in pain or having a really tough day. I appreciate when they say to me, you know, I had a really tough day. And I'm like, oh, what happened? And that way, it's a way of bonding, connecting, having that intimate connection, right. which is nice to have with somebody that you want to have it with. Yeah. And it, actually, it's nice to have with even a stranger to sort of give some common ground that you're both human beings, you know? Yeah. And get away from the 
the idea that you always have to look good and act good. I think that's one of the tough things about Hollywood is everybody's probably walking around, working each other for business, trying to look and act like everything's great all the time. I can't imagine the amount of pressure that everyone lives with in that part of the country where they're always focused on so much of the superficial. I'm not saying that there aren't people who are getting deeper and connecting on other levels, but there's got to be sort of a layer of that that is exhausting out in L.A., you know? Yeah, and everywhere. I mean, it really exists. You're right, because that happens to be one of the more um, superficially based professions in terms of the pressure that people have to take on to look a certain way beyond their talent and their art form and all that. Mm. But I think that that exists. I think it's pervasive everywhere in different pockets for different reasons in any kind of corporates. Everywhere. It's true. People are posturing everywhere. Maybe, I think we've already proposed a, like a day a week where people put their technology down. Maybe we need to propose a get messy Thursdays or something Mm. where you get like personally messy. Mm. And I don't mean intentionally, but you just feel like you have a safe place to be as raw and vulnerable as you want to be and not worry about the pretense. Yeah. How's that? How would that go over people? It's funny. Too idealistic. I've been accused of being idealistic before. That's right. What do you call I remember I had a client once and there was a bunch of books on my table and I told her just push the books off the table onto the floor. Mm. And she had a little trouble doing it. She's like, no, I don't want to make, I'm like, no, make a mess. Don't worry about it. And so finally she did it and it felt good, you know, cause she wasn't trying to keep everything in its place all the time. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I think so. You know, what's, what's a good takeaway from this? Like maybe, um, you know, there's surrender in little ways. There's surrender in big ways. There's surrender in every little moment you have in a conversation with somebody where they rile you or trigger you or where you want to chime in and talk because they're talking to me. I mean, there's so many little minute ways that it can manifest. And then there's all obviously the bigger, um, you know, the bigger topics when you're, you know, going through life. But what do you think would be one good way to put the idea of surrender into practice like every day? How do you do it? I just try and practice. For me, a lot of the stuff we talk about, Callie, I'm just practicing, you know, and I'm never going to be perfect at it or I'm never going to have it down where I'm doing it all the time. It's just, you know, I'm trying to practice getting better. You know, I love that Bleachers song. I want to get better. It's like, I want to get better. I'm just trying to practice doing this better. Yeah. I think it's just the same for me, just a matter of trying to catch ourselves Mm -hmm. in every moment or be as self-effacing as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And not put too much pressure on yourself or give yourself too much shit. Yeah. And it's like, you know, just thinking about the opposite of surrender is really fighting, you know? And I think, God, when I was in my twenties, I just fought everyone all the time. I was like the angry young man. I was so high strung. I just, as spiritual as I could be and as kind and gentle as I could be and loving as I could be, I had this other side of me. My temper was out of control. I had so much work to do on my temper (laughs) And it's just, I, it was just exhausting and it was just so uncomfortable. A lot of my twenties just getting into fights. I worked at a car dealership. I got into a fight with, I think almost every person in my department at some time. Nice. And that, that's pretty tough to wow. do people. Talk about fulfilling a car sales quota. Oh, maybe. My, my lo- well, I think that's why they kept me because I was selling cars, <laughs> but it's like looking back, I really, I just, I had a lot of work to do on that, that really, that rage, you know? And, uh, Eventually getting into rage therapy at some point where I had a whiffle ball bat hitting a pillow, you know, getting all that rage out, then getting to the tears, all the hurt that was beneath it. I mean, um, yeah, it took a lot of work, but 
what do you call it? I think that um, it's really about practice and not feeling like um, it has to be done in a certain way. It's sort of like I'm just experiencing it as I go. You right. know, the universe is giving me sort of flags to follow or markers, you know, and, and just little signs here and there about the progress I'm making or not making, you know? And it's like, I remember, I remember I heard someone say, it's not about the letter of the law. It's the spirit of the law. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of about the spirit of things. Whenever I'm working with a client or even talking to friends or anything and they start getting caught up in details, I'm like, no, let's go back to the spirit of the situation. Mm, how you're feeling. The vibe of the situation. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, um, you're reminding me now. I think that's a really important point that you make too. And it's, it's reminding me, it's, I'm flashing back to when I was a kid. I had a very uncomfortable relationship with anger. And I didn't know how to process it and I was afraid of it and I didn't feel like I had a safe place to go with it. And I remember my mother for a gift, like a Hanukkah present, bought me, a, this is very progressive because I didn't recognize the value of that until very recently, bought me a, punch, a punching bag, like one of those stand-up ones on like mm. a little, you know, um, spring that you could like, you know, punch as a way to kind of process or get out whatever aggression I guess she sensed that I had or she was worried that I wasn't expressing my anger properly or not forming a relationship with it. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until recently that I told this to a, a trainer that had the pleasure of, you know, working with once recently. And he, one of the exercises we do is I'm um, punching, uh, punching gloves. Yeah. And so I told right. him this story, said, wow, that was really progressive of your mother to recognize that. But the point in bringing all this up is that I think that those kind of emotions belie surrender. So first you do need to get your shit out and you need to feel it and you can't skip steps and you need to give it a place to live and a way to exorcise it from your body. And then you can get to the surrender. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's about getting that energy out, yeah. you know, and if you, you can't get... intellectualize surrender, like, okay, today I'm going to surrender. You can try. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. No, I, I think, you know, again, it's, it's like there are different ways that you do it, you know, with the mind, body and soul. And it's sort of like, one of the things that I continually try and practice is to get that negative energy out because when yeah. I was a kid, I held it in, I got sick, whatever happened because I wasn't naturally letting the flow go out of my body of that negative energy. And I think a lot of illness could be cured that way if people just learned how to express those negative emotions because they're part of being a human being. It's just how we express them. Right. And again, we have to give before you can surrender, you've got to give the negative emotions love and honor them and give them a place to go and find release for them Yeah, to take you to the next step. Yeah. Let go, brother. We got to let go and let God. I know that might sound a little cliche. No, it's good. I always say, hang on and let Rob. And then, oh. I, and then I, have to, <laughs> I have to remind myself, no, it's let go and let God. <laughs> you know what? I, I think it's, I, I think at least one one of us can stand for humility in this room and the other one can stand for the latest incarnation of God. And it's, it's to our listeners to decide who's who. <laughs> That's so not the way it is. But anyway, with that, <laughs> this has been another episode of the Rob and Callie show. Thanks everybody for listening. If you're interested in getting a session with me or finding my life coaching album, you are the hero coaching and affirmations, which is on iTunes. You can go to my website, robk.com. And if you're interested in contacting me, please feel free to check out my website at callialpert.com for private sessions. Let me know. Skype, phone, in person. Thank you. Take care, y'all.